the Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHAM1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. University of Oklahoma Hockey. Big school, big dreams. For schedules and tickets, Go to OUHockey.net. AT&T Wireless, where both new and existing customers always get our best deals. University of Arizona Hockey. Be part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. University of Central Oklahoma. A top-ranked education and an elite college hockey experience. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. San Diego State Hockey, sun, sand, and hockey, as well as a top-flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans. It's Wednesday night, which means it's time for the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight about 15 floors above the Colorado River in beautiful Laughlin, Nevada, where I've been all week. My co-host is always uh, about 70-some miles north of me in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, Stephen Marsh. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing okay. I think I've got my rest, uh, catching up on my rest from the ACHA tournament. <laughs> Even though I wasn't there on location, there were still a lot of early mornings and a lot of hours spent on my iPad watching some of these games. So I'm, I'm a little wore out, but I'll try to truck through this show, okay? All right. Tough it out. That's what it's all about. And, uh, and you're and you're just lounging away there in Laughlin. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Uh, yes. Anyway, uh, uh, as you mentioned, the uh, uh, ACHA national tournament was completed last night. Another exciting event. Um, I understand everything that uh, I'm hearing anyway is that Boston and Marlboro and the New England Sports Center did a fantastic job of. Uh, hosting the tournament so congratulations on that congratulations but they have to say to that though don't they? State beavers yeah, they have to say well, that though don't they they don't have to but uh well, they, they do most of the time and who's I, saying I that was, the acha people are saying that or the the the, the family members I, i'm the... hearing i'm hearing it from all over uh, that, okay. that people really liked it what what i think the only disadvantage they don't like the, was... they didn't like the zooming of the camera guy on the hockey tv broadcast though <laughs> <laughs> or or the bronchos i don't know if you heard that one or not but one of the one of the color analysts got into it and w- was going to be Broncos, not Broncos, and uh, everybody got into that too. Well, I remember uh, last year with the UNLV, we kept they kept calling them the Running Rebels, even though that's just referred to for the the <laughs> basketball team. And yeah. and the I think it was the same guy that and and uh, he almost did it a couple of times this year, but he 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 started to and then he corrected himself and said skating Rebels. So uh, I think it just people, when they think UNLV and they don't really know it's they just think they just assume Running Rebels and that applies to everything, which we know isn't the case. So. Well, anyway, the play is done. All 20 teams in the M1 division got their games in. Um, There was what you would expect, right? Some empty net goals for winners, some overtime games, nothing like you saw last year in in St. Louis with four or five harmony overtimes that that game went. But, um, you know, I I think... I don't think you're going to see something like that for for a long time. That's very, very rare for that to, to happen. Yeah, it is. It is. And the and, longest game in ACHA uh, tournament history might be, I think it was one of the longest games ever in, in college hockey history in general. So it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't happen too often. 
But you're not surprised to see overtime games, and we did see no. uh, our fair share of those. I mean, these teams are competitive. Uh, as I was saying, congratulations to the Minot State Beavers for uh, for winning another national championship. Uh, they uh, that championship game was a grinded out kind oh, of game, man. Woo. <laughs> boy, mean, and, and I gotta tell you, I, I said this from the beginning, Stephen, that uh, Adrian was a well oiled machine from day one. They were a, a team on a mission. They knew what they wanted to accomplish. Everybody did. Is that because you but... visited the the campus there and you visited the <laughs> rink? I mean, look no, at no, you moved to Denver you. and you moved when you moved to Colorado and Denver. All of a sudden, Denver wins a championship. Colorado Avalanche win. Then you go visit Adrian, and Adrian goes all the way to the championship game. Well, how come, you, know, come when you come visit UNLV? They don't. <laughs> well, here's the thing: you're, you're missing out on this because Adrian won the national championship the COVID year. COVID year, 2021. Yes. When I was there, and I was like yeah. the only media there. there. Um, so that that's that's. I think not for, unusual, I think it's the but... opposite effect for me. I think whatever team I'm think is going to win, I think it's the complete opposite. I, th- I had UNLV win the whole thing, and they couldn't even they didn't even get out of the the quarterfinals. Yeah, and I, I don't understand it. I really don't. I mean, I'm I'm still putting a lot of uh, emphasis on the body clock time of 7.15 a.m. Um, I don't care how early you get out there. Your body, when you're living in Las Vegas, your body is not trained to uh, to compete at that level. I know it was tough for me to get um, up at 7 in the morning to watch those games, and I didn't have to play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's different for people, right? And, and to be at your peak performance at... 7 15 7 30 in the morning um i just think that was a, a distinct disadvantage um you know the other thing and i don't want to uh, certainly downgrade the the ahl or the acha as far as what they've done but i think you gotta when, when you're a pay for play sport you gotta try to move and i know boston probably paid a lot of money and did everything to have everybody come out there and i get it it's boston it's all this and that but Goodness gracious, man. I mean, you got to put this a little bit more centrally located so that everybody uh, has equal opportunity. The teams in the East got no travel issues whatsoever. And everybody from the central part of the, I mean, I'm just thinking back to Maryville. They chose to bus it out there. It was a two-day bus ride. I know they were on a sleeper bus, but you know what? That That's, a, that's not a road trip. That's an adventure. Yeah, I mean, no, no doubt. I mean, it's it's a long flight to Boston. I mean, you know, we were hoping we were going to be there, and it didn't it didn't work out for us, obviously, to go way out there. And it, you know, and I would have loved to have been there, but it kind of at the same time it was kind of like kind of nice that we didn't, just because I just think it it would have been a lot of travel there. There would have been, you know, the, I I know what that tournament entails. You know, six days of of games almost from night from morning to di- to nighttime, and uh, yeah, and then you then you travel back and hotels and stuff. Plus, it was St. Patrick's Day weekend. So, you know, you know, next year it's, it's back in St. Louis. It's back at the uh, Centene Community Ice Center in, in Maryland Heights, Missouri. So it'll be better. It'll be earlier, too. It's going to be, I think, the first week of March, uh, you know, because they have to get it done before they – because the NCAA regionals are going to be hosted there for the uh, for hockey uh, next year. So uh, they're going to have to – at least they'll kind of get, get, get it in before they, they do that. So it'll be earlier, which is what was the case last year. And then it'll be back in St. Louis, so at least it will be a little bit more centrally located next year again. Plus, that right, was a be- plus that was a beautiful facility. I didn't mind spending six days there. That was nice. I looked at the Boston place. It looked nice, but I heard it was very cold in there. And I mean, Centene was cold, but I mean, it, it looked really cold in that, in that ice rink from or, or from what I understand. So that well, having I mean, been there for twelve hours a day in a very cold rink. Ooh. <laughs> It's Boston, Massachusetts. Plus, it's Boston, and I Louis. think it was, and I you think know, it that's was a lot of difference. Yeah, that's a lot of difference. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Let's break down the uh, the days. I'll do Thursday first, give the scores. You can do Friday. Um, I'll do Saturday. You can do the quarterfinal Sunday, and we'll both talk about the semifinals and the national championship. Just kind of a recap to get things started tonight. Um, Thursday, games uh, started this way. Grand Valley State got an 8-3 victory over Buffalo. Calvin got a 5 nothing win over Navy. Um, Illinois State, 9-1 over Indiana-Pennsylvania. And uh, Michigan-Dearborn got a 5-2 victory over Lawrence Tech. I don't think any of those, Stephen, were surprises. Your thoughts on that? No, they weren't surprises. I mean, I had picked just because I was having, you know, just being kind of a, a contrarian. A loose bit. cannon. You're being loose a loose cannon. cannon. Let's <laughs> okay. just put it that way. I, I had picked – I think I had picked a – well, I picked Michigan-Dearborn to, to win, though I did, I did get that one right. 
I think I also picked Indiana University of Pennsylvania to win. They didn't, but um, you know that the first day, it the, the the couple of takeaways from from the first day that from what I uh, from what I the first game of the day, the A three score wasn't really indicative of how close it was through two periods. I mean, you look at, I mean, Buffalo actually had a one nothing lead in the first period. They actually got out to a two nothing lead in this in the um, second period, and then and then Grand Valley State. Uh, got a couple of goals. They got three goals in the fl- later half of the second period, and then Buffalo got a goal in the uh, second period too. So it was actually three-three after two periods. But then Grand Valley State scored five goals in the uh, third period. Um, so I mean, Summerfield had a hat trick, so he was a big part of that, and and they ended up taking the game away from Buffalo there in the in the third period. The other significant, the other significant thing too was. An, I've heard this on the broadcast. Actually, this was the first Division One tournament win for Grand Valley State. They're actually fairly new at the, the Division One level, and uh, so that's that's exciting for them to to get that uh, so early on in their in their Division One uh, history uh, to get a tournament win like they did. So that's exciting too. And when you look at Lawrence Tech, the number sixteen seed versus the number seventeen uh, seed Michigan Dearborn. Um, not really an upset that near Dearborn won that. Uh, it, it's kind of uh, they're pretty equal, right? Yeah, I mean, very, very equal. I mean, they were, uh, you know, like I said, yeah, very equal in in the matchups. Uh, I think you know Michigan Dearborn was was an auto bid, but still, I mean, they were they got in for a reason, and and they they won. I mean, look at last year, they won against Arizona last year, and then this year they won against Lawrence Tech to go on to the. The uh, the next day, which of course they got the tough draw because then they had to play uh, Minot State the next day, but uh, at least they got in and got a got a win at least. Okay, give us a breakdown of the scores uh, on Friday. Well, Friday, so the teams that won on Thursday then had the the pleasure, let's call it that, of playing <laughs> the uh, top four seats the next day, and. The first game of the day was a scary one. I mean, again, Grand Valley State, and, and this, this goes back to the UNLV point about them. Maybe they, they didn't get going, uh, you know, their body clocks or whatever. And uh, Grand Valley State actually had a a three, a one lead uh, after two periods against uh, UNLV, and then they came back and won it. Or no, UNLV ended up getting two goals by Caleb Strong in the third period, and then Robert McCollum an overtime goal to uh, give UNLV a 4-3 win there. So UNLV survived the scare. Remember I said going into the, the tournament, and I said it, it was scary because I'm, you know, I'm from Vegas and I have UNLV ties, of course. And I, and I said out of the top four, who was the most vulnerable? And I said, even though I had picked them in the whole thing, I said that UNLV was probably the most vulnerable one, which seemed, shock, seemed a little bit uh, surprising to say that at the time. But you look at that, and it certainly turned out to be the case, at least vulnerability-wise. Um, although... We'll get to the other scores here. Let's just run these real quick. Adrian College, an 8-1 to win over uh, Calvin. Uh, so they handle that very well, as they tend to do in the earlier rounds, uh, uh, Adrian does. Uh, this one actually was a bit of a scare, too. Uh, Ohio and Illinois State. Uh, uh, remember last year, Ohio as a 15 seed played, went in and beat number two Minot State. And so this year, Ohio was a two seed, hoping not to get upset by a 15 seed. And it was a, it only took one goal. And a goal one twelve into the third period by Ohio, and they got a four a one nothing win over Illinois State. Uh, so that was a so that was a little bit of a scare too for the number two team. And then Minot State beating uh, Michigan Dearborn easily eight nothing, out shooting them forty nine to sixteen in that game. So uh, yeah, so all all top four seeds advanced, but a couple of scares there. Obviously UNLV having to come back from two goals down, uh, getting two goals by a freshman Caleb Strong. And then Robert McCollum with the overtime winner, and then Ohio only needing one goal, but getting one goal against Illinois State, winning a one nothing game there. So, um, yeah, we, we said there could be some upsets or some 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 good games, and and we we saw that already in the first two days. Here's the irony of this: uh, Adrian and Minot were on a uh, collision course for the national championships. That's how it ended up. That's how, in the championship game, I should say. Um, they both scored eight goals against their opponent 
in their first game. Uh, as you mentioned, Adrian, eight, Calvin, one, and Minot State, eight, Michigan, zero. Then you jump and fast forward all the way to the uh, championship game, and it's a one nothing Minot win. So these teams. Oh, you spoiled it. You spoiled it for everybody in case they didn't no, know what happened. No, yet, everybody no. knew it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, my my point being is, if you uh, if you score eight goals, both teams score eight goals in their first game of the tournament, and then it comes down to uh, simply a one goal in a championship game, that tells you you're a pretty well 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 balanced team when you can score goals and then play shutdown as well. So we'll get to that. Um, Saturday had our uh, five, six, seven, and eight seeds take on the uh, the winners. Um, no, it was all it was five. No. The these five are all th- new. These are all new. Correct. These were all first games for all these teams. Seeds five, five through 12. twelve. Okay, perfect. So we had uh, Liberty seeds one in. through four got a day got a day off. Then they had yeah they they they, they played the Thursday. Or no, they played the Friday. Friday got the Saturday off. Got the Saturday off. While the five through twelve seeds played, and then the winners from five through twelve would then play the next day. Anyways, okay. Liberty seven, Pittsburgh two, UCO six, Arizona one, Jamestown two, Niagara one, and uh, Indiana Tech seven, Maryville three. Um, the two one game with Jamestown and Niagara went to overtime. Uh, UCO and uh, and Arizona. And I'm going to throw Liberty into this group with uh, Adrian and Minot because they came out in their first game completely dominated seven to two over Pitt, and um, they, they they also looked like a well-oiled machine. They got all the way to the semifinals, so uh, I think there were three teams this year that, in at least in the tournament, uh, were head and shoulders above everybody else, and that would be Minot, Adrian, and Liberty. And uh, you know, I I I think talent-wise. Uh, UNLV was there. I just don't know what happens to them in the tournament. I don't know why they hey, struggle to to not play their game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I think uh, I think discipline sometimes uh, gets gets in the way of that. I think they they get so emotionally into the game, which which can be a good thing, obviously. But uh, I think it ends up costing them, and I think it. it it didn't cost them as much this time around. I don't think that was the big factor of why they they ended up losing. But but still, I mean, it's I mean, they just I, I think I, I don't know. I think maybe they they just expect it to to happen. They I don't know if I mean they they a lot of them had a taste of it last year and they and they saw how close they were. I would have thought that would motivate them too. And and I talked to Coach Vigneri Greener before, and he seemed like they were going to be prepared and ready, but. Uh, you know, I watched that practice that day. I was waiting to do his interview, and and uh, I don't know. I mean, it, they seem they seem dialed in, but there was there was some a uh, couple of moments, and he kind of referenced it in that interview where they were kind of a couple of players were kind of going at it with each other, and it, it looked pretty serious. It wasn't like a joking around kind of thing. So, um, you know, I guess that's good because he talked about all, bringing all these players with them and and ice time. And I don't know what the health of the the status of the team was because I, I noticed somebody like. Uh, Michael Petusov wasn't in the lineup, and and he was somebody that was big for the Rebels this year. And I, I don't, so, I don't know if that was an injury related thing or what, but uh, certainly they missed not having him in there. And uh, but it was good to see a guy like Caleb Strong come str- uh, come come through in the first game, and and get them out of at least the first game with the uh, Grand Valley State. And I think part of it, you just you kind of tip your hat to the goaltender for Liberty in the quarterfinal game because he played uh, oh, yeah. standing on his head. And, of course, Hunter Verostic he... was incredible. I had a chance to visit with him as well. Got about 13 minutes of talk time with Hunter, which uh, was a lot of fun. Yeah, he did a great job with those interviews uh, with, with that are up on YouTube with, throughout the tournament, throughout the, 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 the great part of the tournament, talking to some of the teams that we focused on as they, they won and moved on and and audio only, of course, but it was still some great stuff from that. And and yeah, I think it's just I, I don't know. I it's hard. To, I haven't I, sh- I haven't reached out to them since because I'm sure it's sung. And I just I haven't know what to kind of say. You know, I just I, you know la- last year I was there and I saw it in person. This year I wasn't there, and and I just I don't know what their assessment on of it was. Um, you know, I know I know it's gonna hurt for people like Jason Demizio, who this was his last year, and P- Paxton Malone and. And uh, Manning, I think it's his last year, so uh, I'm sure they wanted it badly. But it just shows you how tough this tournament really is to win, and you know it's it's a grind. I mean, even if you have that day in between, like they did, uh, you still got to go through some 
and it's getting it seems like every year that the talent level of the teams is getting better and better so it's it's a little bit more of a of a challenge than it maybe than it was even before because you have to win what four games in five days or six days sometimes it's four and four four and four in some <laughs> cases so um yeah okay so uco arizona was our other spotlight um two wchl teams it was all uco uh, pretty much from the start I, chad berman's team uh, i know put in a lot of time and preparation and got there early and did everything you need to do to get a win um but man uco is kind of like a buzzsaw they just come at you and come at you and come at you and um so you know six two six one uh uco wins <laughs> And the big difference um, in that game too, I think, was was uh well the shots on goal actually ended up favoring University of Arizona, uh, twenty eight to twenty four. But the difference was uh, Central Oklahoma went three for seven on the power play. Special teams, baby. Special teams was a big difference. And then Sykes and Guerra each had uh, two goals each for Central Oklahoma, and uh, so that that was a big difference too. Arizona did get their one goal on a power play, but. Um, I'm not surprised that Central Oklahoma won that game. I, as much as I would have, you know, we we would love to see Arizona go on. Of course, Central Oklahoma is a WCHL team too, but uh, you see, you couldn't go wrong either way. But Central Oklahoma was the WCHL champs for a reason, and uh, they are they are really a solid team. Obviously, what they were able to do last year, they were kind of the darlings of last year's tournament with the run that they had all the way to the championship game. And I think knowing that and having that in your in your in your resume from last year certainly helped you prepare for this, this tournament this year. One team that I talked about all year long about their record was Indiana tech. Um, uh, I just thought that they were a little bit um, underrated coming into this. I thought they were a better team than that. They showed it uh, the last game of the opening round, if you will, seven, three victory over Maryville. I watched Maryville play in person a couple of times. And I know that Maryville is a strong, strong opponent. And for them to get blown out seven to three, which included a couple of uh, at least one empty netter, um, but still for for Adrian Tech to put that kind of clamp on uh, a very good Maryville team, I thought was exciting. And then to watch what Indiana Tech nearly did to Minot State in the next round, I'll let you give us the scores from the quarterfinal Sunday. But uh, Indiana Tech was a team that really jumped up on my radar. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Indiana Tech was a solid team, and I think you know they're a team that's been in it before and been in these situations, so they they know how to buckle down and and win when it's when it's crunch time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised by that. I had picked Maryville to win those eight nine matchups. A lot of times can go either way. This one just went uh, really Indiana Tech's way from the start, and uh, although yeah, and yeah, I mean, Indiana Tech had three goals in the first period. My you know Maryville only had one and three in the second and one so it's they it, they really didn't have any sort of a threat by uh, Maryville in the in the game uh okay yeah, give so, us those Sunday scores yes yeah, so, this uh, quarterfinal Sunday so that led the top eight seeds all remain we got through the first few days of the tournament now we're at we were at Sunday's games and the top eight seeds all survived uh to quarterfinals and the first game of the day on Sunday was Liberty against uh, UNLV, and it ended up being a 3-1 Liberty uh, win over UNLV. Uh, Adrian College, number three seed, knocked off Central Oklahoma 4-1, which, again, is just shows you how powerful Adrian is and only keeps Central Oklahoma to one goal, too, as well. And then this one, uh, we'll talk. Well, we'll just read the score. We'll talk about it in a second because it was very, very exciting. Ohio ends up beating University of Jamestown, Four to three in overtime, and then Minot State also needed overtime to beat Indiana Tech four to three in overtime. Well, let me let me let me touch on one thing real quick here with these games because I want to I want to go to the Ohio and uh, University of Jamestown because uh, this game was almost over, and this touch this this is an example of it's a sixty minute game right <laughs> because yeah, Ohio was down uh, was down. Three to two, and they and they actually they they scored a goal 
with 0.1 second left on the clock in the third period to tie it up. They actually looked, went back to review it to make sure that the puck did get in before the, uh, the time ran out, and they said it did. So it was that close from Jamestown moving on to, be, to the semifinals and Ohio tying it up and then Ohio eventually winning it in overtime. So, boy, that, that's some tough luck there for, for Jamestown. But that just shows you it's a 60-minute game for a reason. In this case, it needed more than 60 minutes, but the regulation time is 60 minutes for a reason. And sometimes it takes 59 minutes, 59.9 seconds. Um, sometimes <laughs> it's that, that point one that makes the difference. In this case, it, it's it always It always amazes me how you can go back and look at that and see that across a point one, not, not point five or seven. It's always like just barely, and that is as close as you can come. So you're right. The the Ohio Bobcats uh, played played very well. I wonder though, Stephen, if if that tight win and the, the amount of energy that they put into tying that game and then winning it in overtime, and then had to come back and uh, play a semifinal game, albeit it was the first afternoon game uh, of the day. But um, and then that they, one nothing, the one nothing uh, game they had to they had to have the the day before that. Was a battle also. It was a battle two days, also. Two, oh, two days, day, yeah, two days yeah. prior. Yeah, so they had Damon Tweed at least for that, but but still, I mean, they 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 added real, which can be good, but it also can be bad because you're expelling a lot of energy, even though they did have that day in between. But also can be can be um, it can be good though because you're in a lot of tight games, which which is what when you get down to the semifinals and the finals, that's what a lot of times the games are going to be, one goal or maybe two goal games with empty nets or whatever. Well, I'm riding the Indiana Tech bandwagon, so they did the same thing. They 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 nearly got Minot State. They went to overtime. Minot State got the four three win. But I think in the seeding part of it, and you heard me talk about it all year long, when you have as many wins as Indiana Tech did, I don't care what league you play in or who you play, if you get that many college victories, uh, I think you need to be a higher seed than they were. And I don't know that uh, that Ohio completely showed me at least in the tournament that they were the true number two seed i thought you could have uh you could have moved everybody up a little bit but anyway that's the way it was ohio then moved on uh, and it to was the a semifinals and it was a 49 to 22 uh difference in the shots in that game for minot state and indiana tech minot state ended up with 49 shots and indiana tech ended up with 22 shots and it's and it was only a one goal game a four three game so well, and there's no there's no doubt that Minot's got firepower. I mean, they won the national championship for a reason. They're a complete team. They can play defense. They've got great goaltending, and they can definitely put the puck in the net, um, especially under pressure. And they did it. They uh, they get an eight nothing win, uh, a four three win, and then they moved on to the semifinal games. As those two semifinal matches on Monday, uh, Ohio and Adrian Adrian wins that one eight five. And uh, Adrian jumped out to the lead, but then Ohio just kept battling back. But they never really had enough, I don't think, to uh, to seriously challenge the Bulldogs from Adrian College. No, they didn't. I mean, Adrian, yeah, it 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 just it felt like it just felt like that Ohio was never going to catch up or never going to get in this game. Even though, I mean, the five goal second period that Adrian had, I think, really did him in. Uh, it was seven to two after two periods, and and yes, Ohio ended up outscoring Adrian three to one. That could be a couple of different things. I'm sure it didn't. Uh, I'm sure Gary Estalis wasn't pleased by that because here you have a seven two game. You think okay, this is going to be, and maybe it hurt them in the next the championship game. But uh, they had a seven two lead. They were they had a comfortable lead. Maybe they they held back some of their energy because they knew they were probably going to be playing tomorrow, and they didn't go as hard. And and sometimes that's a dangerous thing to do. And and Ohio maybe showing some fight in them and getting closer, but it did, it, but every time like Ohio scored and then Adrian did score again. So it was like, okay, they got, we get one and then they get one back. Then they ended up getting a couple more goals unanswered, but yeah, I mean, an eight, five game, but I know Adrian actually, oh, Adrian now should Ohio for, 49 to or 40 to 32. So, um, you know, and so it was just, yeah, it was just, even though it was a five-goal, three-goal game, it, it just felt like Adrian controlled that one throughout, even when Ohio was making a little bit of a push. It just didn't feel like they were going to be able to to overcome come that five-goal deficit, which is very tough to do. 
Okay, so that left one more semifinal game before we knew who the combatants would be in the national championship game. Uh, that was Minot State against Liberty. I thought well, this might have been, whew. if not the best game yes. of the tournament, the second best game yes. of the tournament. Because these two, they went at it. I mean, they went at it hard. It was 2-2 going into overtime. Um, and I feel terrible for the fact that Liberty took a penalty, but they killed off the penalty. And then like two seconds after the penalty ended, Minot, uh, on a continuation play, basically uh, scored. And uh, Hunter Verostek was outstanding the oh. entire game. He had zero chance to make a save on that play. Well, and, and it was just a barrage. I mean, they got off to a 2 nothing lead. They got two goals in the first period Liberty did by the same guy, Truett Olsen. Uh, 14.08 in the first, and then 15 seconds left in the first. So Liberty goes into the locker room up 2 nothing. probably feeling pretty good about themselves. And that was, despite Minot State putting on this onslaught, I'm going to pull up the score sheet because it breaks it down by period. Actually, shots on goal in the first period were pretty even, 15-14, to 14, but then Minot State just like they turned up another notch, maybe another two notches. because And, and Liberty, I, I think even though they were up 2 nothing, you could just sense that they were just hanging around, hanging around, just kind of like taking – up punch after punch after punch, just maybe hoping that they'll just somehow the goaltender and everything would just hang on. I mean, not that anything that they weren't trying to do, but I just think Minot State was just like uh, turned up another couple of notches because you look at the no no scoring in that second period, but twenty to six the difference in the second period with the shots uh, after two, uh, in the second period alone twenty for Minot State, six for Liberty. So I mean that so that and that was Hunter Verostic was outstanding in this game. And he was, it was not the reason they, they lost. It's just, I know State was just, you kept pounding and pounding and pounding. And in the third period, you just kind of sensed as that, I was watching this game as the game was going on. He just, like, my State gets that first goal and you could just kind of sense, oh no, he's just, can Liberty just hang on and hang on and hang on? Because that's all they were really doing. They didn't, my State was just so stifling. They weren't really letting Liberty get much into the zone. And you're right, there wasn't the penalty. They had the, there was some penalties in that game for sure. And, and then, um, yeah, and then Minot State tied it up with uh, about four minutes to go or so, or yeah, even less than that. Yeah, a little under four, a little under four minutes. And you just at that point when it was tied up, you're just thinking, I, I, I did not feel good about the way this game was was tilted. I mean, the game was very tilted in Minot State's way. Once they got that tying goal, you just kind of sensed that it was not going to end well for Liberty. And 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 they because it just they weren't able really to get anything going. It was like they were more just holding on for dear life and finally they just they they just let go and and uh and finally in overtime Minot State won but the final shots in this game and then and then the third period 21 to 5 the shots in that period in favor of Minot State so over the over the second and third periods Minot State outshot Liberty 41 to 11 and then in overtime that's, it was 9 that's insane. 9 to 5 <laughs> For a 64 to 31 difference in the shots, 64 shots for Minot State through three periods and you know a little bit of overtime, and 31 for Liberty, which is is a good game normally. But when you have 61, 64 shots, that means Hunter Verostic made 61 saves still in this game, even though he ended up losing three to two. So uh, amazing, amazing game. You feel bad for Liberty, Minot State. This this was really a defining game for them. I think there was no question Minot State in their mind had what happened to them last year, being a two seed, getting knocked out by Ohio, and and uh, and I think and that would have been interesting had Ohio won. It would have it would have been uh, one and two, but Adrian ended up getting it. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think they 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 knew what happened to them last year, and I think they didn't want that to happen to them this year. They they wanted to win the championship, and I just think they just turned up another one. They got down two nothing to Liberty. I think they just turned up a couple of different notches, and and it just seemed like a completely different team out there t taking control of this game and ultimately winning it. Yeah, well, that's the definition of a champion, right there. You can win multiple ways, and uh, you know, even though you don't score, you, you they didn't give up. They kept battling back, battling, battling, battling until they got to overtime, and then they just. Uh, kept working until the opportunity came. And like I said, uh, Hunter Verostic had no chance whatsoever to uh, make a save on that, uh, that power play attempt. Um, well, actually just after the power play ended and you could see that that Liberty was wore out. I mean, they, they battled hard. Um, that's a really good team that Kirk Handy has. And um, 
you know, I talked to him about that. I said, you're, you know, you played a really tough schedule this year on purpose. You traveled all over the country. You had teams come to you, top teams come to you um, to, uh, to prepare yourself for this. And he knew uh, deep down inside what, what Minot was going to bring. And I think everybody did. I, I think if Minot was going to be ousted this year, it was going to be with Indiana Tech uh, in the quarterfinals. I really thought that, that Indiana Tech was going to get to him and uh, and oust them right there but um you know what that's the champions do so uh and, well and the other back. note about and then the other note about liberty too was at Kirkhand he said this in in interviews that I'm maybe he said it with you but he said it in interviews that he's did during the tournament was that they beat at one time this season they beat the number one team they beat the number two team they beat the number three team and the number four team all at this point in the season so they really felt like they had this was their year they could get there and and, and win a championship which would have been their first obviously and and uh and, and even i think to get to the championship game i don't even think they've been to the championship game uh ever and and so that would have been exciting but and they had just played minot state to end the regular season i think the last couple of games and beat them once and then and they minot state beat them uh they're in liberty so it they had they knew they could beat them but you know i just think yeah it's just it just was was too much and and, and obviously having to play the day before but so did uh so did minot state but uh, it's it it really is it really yeah, if you're liberty you have to be proud of the effort the guys gave it was not by a lack of trying um i i, I just it was minor state just not would not let anything get through uh their de- their defense it was very stifling yep exactly let's do this let's take a quick break let's come back and let's talk about that that thrilling one nothing game if you can say that it was action from end to end as the Minot State Beavers uh, toppled the uh, Adrian College Bulldogs in the championship game, we'll come down and break that on, break that down for you and, in just a minute. And, and it seems, and I know we're, we'll talk about it after the break, but it just seems like a complete opposite of what we just talked about. The kind of game it was, yeah. the championship game was like the complete opposite of what that that game was that we just talked about. So we'll we'll talk about it after the break. Absolutely. Championship pedigree, world class coaching. First-class facilities are all a part of the ACHA experience at Adrian College. The Bulldogs look to raise their third national championship banner in the last five years at Arrington Ice Arena, one of the best facilities in all college hockey. Get a big school hockey feel with all of the educational advantages of a private education. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com or adrian.edu. Hello fans, my name is Hunter Mazzillo and I'm number 26 for the UNLV Skating Rebels and you're listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, Call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. Hello, hockey fans. This is Jesse Lowell, captain of the Arizona Wildcats, and you are listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. If your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong, see if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. 
Oklahoma Sooners hockey, celebrating 20 years of big hits, 20 years of big saves, and 20 years of big goals. Go to OUHockey.net and get your season or single-game tickets to see the Sooners take on national powers, Minot State, Missouri State, and, of course, rival Central Oklahoma. Single-game tickets are just $10 apiece, while OU students and staff are free with their ID. Youth hockey players are also free if they wear their jerseys. 20 years of Oklahoma Sooners hockey, the action you crave, only faster. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Banks it towards the goal. He scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My goodness. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. As San Diego State begins its first season of ACHAM1 hockey, be a part of the foundation as the Aztecs look to build a new chapter in the city's long hockey history. In addition to our growing hockey program, the more than 36,000 SDSU students in our many degree programs, from bachelor's to doctorate, Enjoy the best of higher education and lifestyle. Go to sdsu.edu to see if our unique, diverse experiences for you. And visit sdsuhockey.com to support the top college hockey program in California. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, summer skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent a championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time ACHA M1 National Champions, four-time WCHL Champions, and named a Best in the West College by U.S. News and World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. All right. Well, welcome back in, hockey fans. It is Wednesday night, which means it is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you, as I mentioned, about 15 floors above the Colorado River and beautiful Laughlin, Nevada. Getting prepared for more rain and snow because that's what happens every time I come anywhere near Vegas. Uh, the weather gets like that. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh in Las Vegas. Stephen, are you getting some rain and snow up there right now or no? No, not right now. As far as I know, not anymore in the... Uh, don't look out your window. Don't, don't look Do out not window. look out your window. Anyway. <laughs> it's been raining, though. I know it rained yesterday. It was uh, yeah, a rainy day yesterday, and uh, more is coming. I know California's flooding and having tornadoes and everything, which... <laughs> bomb which, cyclones. Bomb cyclones and stuff, which doesn't... Those those two words don't associate together. California and tornadoes and bomb cyclones <laughs> and <laughs> snow it, and like that. Exactly. Okay, so we brought you through the entire um, 
breakdown of the national championship. Now we're talking the uh, men's division one national championship game played last night, New England sports center, Marlboro, Massachusetts, the number one ranked might not beavers who were there almost might not state beavers uh, who were there almost the entire year. A couple times they were in and out, but most of the time they were uh, one, two or three against Adrian college. Um, Adrian came in as a number three seed in the tournament, but boy, this team, this program, this coaching staff, uh, these players, um, so much respect I have for them. Not only, as you mentioned, I saw them in the summertime, but um, they, they play this game for real. And Steven, before we get into the game, I want to tell you um, when I talked with uh, Gary Astalis earlier in the week, um, he said, you know, one of the times I called, he goes, yeah, we're on our way to watch the women's teams play two different women's teams play. And uh, he said, I said, I'm not surprised because you guys are a big family there. And he goes, yeah, it's extremely important. He said, our women came and watched us play and it gave us a feel of home, home ice advantage. So we felt like that's what we needed to do too. So this was not just a, a tournament for Adrian where one group went to try to win a national championship. I, every team that was there was uh, supporting each other. And I think uh, that's the number one takeaway that I took away from the tournament again this year is, no matter where it's at, no matter how it's played, no matter who's in the tournament, uh, it's a big uh, camaraderie. We'll get into more of that in a minute, but just your thoughts on on the two teams in the national championship game. Okay, we'll talk about that. Yeah, it the, definitely, I mean, it. you couldn't have asked for a better matchup. Uh, I mean, some teams would probably rather have them in the matchup, but, I mean, just the, the history of these two teams, you know, uh, Adrian being in it, a couple of years ago in the little bit of a reduced field from the, the COVID year. And then not only uh, being in it, they won it. They won it right. 2021. And then, then last year being in, losing to the champs, uh, eventual champs in Lindenwood. Uh, last year, Adrian was South seven seed. So they were a little bit further down in the rankings than they were uh, this year as a three seed. So they kind of got back to their ways. And then, and then, yeah. And then Minot State again, a team that's been there before 2019 winners of course 2020 we didn't have a uh, a tournament because of something called COVID-19 um so they didn't have a chance to really they had to wait two years to try to defend their title uh because they like I said they were the champs in 2019 we didn't have a, a tournament in, in 2020 and 2021 uh I don't I can't remember what happened I guess they, they obviously didn't win but <laughs> uh, then Adrian won and then and then 2022 Lindenwood won, and now, of course, Lindenwood's up at the NCAA, so there was going to be a new champion. And so you have two teams that have been there fairly recently. Minot State, the situation there is the coach is fairly fairly new there after a long time with uh, Raid Regeer, and he, he stepped down after all these years. And Wyatt, uh, and I want to say his butcher's last name in there. Wasilonchik. Yeah, there you go. Uh, coaching it. Uh, coaching the team now. And, and obviously the sting of last year's Knock out with the as as the two seed get knocked out by fifteen seed probably left an extra sting in their in their uh, t- extra bad taste in their mouths and so they they seem to be determined to to go in now as the number one team and go all the way to the championship game which and they did that and not only do that but to win uh, both teams like I said are very very well coached very well talented uh, so that really set up for the uh, opportunity for these two teams to play each other for the national championship. Well, let me tell you this about Minot state Um, for people that aren't familiar with where Minot state is located at. It's uh, 80 miles from the Canadian border. Um, Yeah. You know a little thing about North Dakota, North Dakota geography, don't you? (laughs) It is, it is life on that campus, the hockey program there. A lot of people have said why they're not, uh, why are they not NCAA as good as they are? Well, I think the number one reason for that is the University of North Dakota in Grand Forks has kind of had a stronghold on the entire state. If you've been to North Dakota, it's not a uh, overpopulous state, and uh, everybody has gravitated towards North Dakota hockey. And uh, I just think that for Minot to break in to the NCAA ranks, a couple things are going to have to happen. They're going to have to get the blessing from uh, their big university in Grand Forks, if you will, the University of North Dakota. And secondly is they got to be willing to battle and compete with the very best because just their in-state rivalry, if that's what happens at some point, 
um, is going to be as good as it gets in NCAA hockey. So, well, they're going to get a taste of that next season, aren't they? Next season, they are. They're going to travel to play Denver and Colorado College. And who knows? Could that be the first stepping stones, if you will, towards a, uh, a move towards NCAA hockey? I think they're going to see how they fare and, uh, you know, see what they, you know, we know their building's fantastic. We know they draw good. So uh, everything might be uh, in line for that. And certainly um, they can check the box now of winning the national championship again because they are, uh, they're an extremely good hockey team. Yeah, they're and, they're three they're three time champs now the Minot State Beavers. Yeah, so so they've done everything. You remember Lindenwood was very similar, right? They uh, they won a few times in a row and uh, a few a few times I should say not in a row, but um, they they felt they were ready. They made the jump. They did it. Uh, we know that Minot State can recruit. Uh, they're close to the Canadian border. They get a lot of uh, really good Canadian talent from the. Um, MJHL, the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, up there, um, and they have um, they have everything, and the, it appears anyway the resources to do that. So, don't be surprised in the next two three years if that uh, that doesn't turn into an NCAA program as well. But okay, um, well, I want to say before we get to the actual score, which we talked about the actual game itself, they also what I they they played the um, Andy Stolars, who does the he's he's like the like a seven-man band at the ACHA tournament because he's the PA announcer. He also does the, the scoring during the games. He, I think he, he does the anthem. He does runs the music. Uh, so he does a lot of different things. But he sang the Canadian National Anthem before the championship game on uh, tu- on Tuesday. And I and I was thinking, why is it these are two American teams? But I, I think because Minot State is so close to Canada and they do have a lot of the Canadian uh, feel from that, I think they probably wanted to do that for, for them because they are so, so close to Canada. Maybe they... Some of their support does come from the Canada side. Oh, there, there's no doubt about that. And that was a, a nice uh, a nice touch. If that was Andy's idea or whoever it was, it was a nice touch because you're right. There is a lot of Canadians on that roster. And he's saying there that beautifully just like he sings. And he's saying it beautifully just like he sings the national anthem for all 19 games in the ACHA <laughs> tournament. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the other thing I want to bring up before we uh, end things with the talk of the national championship game is that um, I talked to, to, to the coaches, uh, Anthony Vigneri Greener and um, Chad Berman and uh, Gary Astalis and Kirk Handy. And I said, you know, one of the things that's unique about this tournament is not only the format, the way it is, and not only that you uh, whittle your way down from the, the, the 20 teams to two teams to a champion, but the camaraderie, camaraderie between the coaches, the players, um, Liberty's taken it to a new level. As we know, there's always a prayer circle in their games. And, and I thought that after that Liberty might not state game, I think every single player on both teams was a part of the prayer circle. And again, I'm not trying to throw religion to this. I'm just saying like when you compete that hard and you could see there were Liberty guys that were distraught. I mean, they gave it all they had and, uh, and came up just a goal short, but for them to gather and uh, and realize that uh, they're playing a game and there's a bigger cause out there. And, of course, Liberty with Josh Frick's uh, injury, um, a different year for them. I know they wanted to win this national championship, not only for themselves, but for Josh. And uh, I just think it was uh, an incredibly emotional moment. And it was really fun to see because a lot of times you don't see that. And uh, I thought that was just a nice move. So, okay, let's move on to that championship yep. game before we run out of time. You're you're right about that. I I think that that is such a neat thing that the Liberty does, obviously, with the prayer circle and the other team coming in. Uh, Minot State, I think, certainly can appreciate how hard Liberty played and that the kind of battle they gave them. And and I think uh, that was the least that they could do. And I think it just shows that that after an intense game like that, that you can have that um, Liberty and UNLV did it as well, although there was a little bit of a moment, which we won't talk about in the handshake line, that, but they got through that, resolved that fast, and they still did do the repair circle. I don't know if the whole UNLV team did it because just the, the, the whole thing of the game, but they've done it with them in the past. So um, I think in the end, you, you, they, the two respect each other's sides, but obviously those two teams really have, have formed a rivalry over the last couple of seasons. But but yeah, I just think it's it's so so great to see that with all both teams doing that. 
uh, in, in the ace, uh, in, on after that game. And, and the other thing about the camaraderie part of it this year, um, we had this last year with St. Louis a little bit, but even this year, because there were so many rinks there, I think eight rinks or nine rinks or 10 rinks, I think in all, um, I think eight that are like used for like, you know, indoor, you know, there's a couple of rinks I think are more like for different things, but, uh, the whole ACHA was there, which was the case last year, but what's different this year is everybody was playing at the same time. Last year you had some staggered you had it staggered out over ten days. So I think the men's D one was was first, the other some of the other divisions were going, but then some didn't start like the women's I don't think started until like almost when the men were finished or the day after the men finished. I think then the women did theirs four or five days. So uh, this year because there were so many rinks available to them, everybody played at the same time. Uh, throughout the tournament over the six, seven days. And I think that led to even more camaraderie because players from other teams that had other schools, other teams at different levels in were watching their games. Uh, and then all same with the, or the women's side of things, uh, for example, like Liberty's women winning again, the uh, championship for like the 50th bazillion time in a row uh, at, at the women's side of things. So uh, I'm sure the men were able to, to watch that and be there to, to see that if, if, if they weren't playing at the same time or whatever. So, um, so that's exciting, and then yeah, and same thing with with uh, Minot State because Minot State's women's team they beat them in the in the championship game, uh, the the Liberty did. So in the women's side of things, so you had that, and then you had the other divisions that had other. So it was just good to see that there. Uh, even though I wasn't there to see in person, just to hear about that and to see that that was the case. Next year it'll be back in St. Louis. It'll be back at so I'm sure it'll be again staggered out over the ten days because there's not as much rinks there to, to do all that at the same time. But still, everybody will. We'll go to the same location. It'll just be starting at different times throughout that ten days. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that 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 is the sportsmanship of the of this level is uh, is really uh, is really good. No question. Okay, as we mentioned, one nothing. Might not stayed over Adrian. Uh, it was sounds like a boring game, just a one nothing game. But it was anything from that uh, start to finish uh, action from both ends. Great goaltending, obviously, and. Um, I thought both teams left everything they had on the ice as you would expect in a national championship game. I feel for Gary Salas because I know how hard he worked. I know that way um, Wyatt Wasilanchek uh, also works very, very hard. And and I think Wyatt had maybe something more to prove, if I can say that, uh, without offending anybody. Because he had to w- fill some shoes of a, of a Minot State legend. I call right. him a legend there, Wade Regeer. Right, and then being ousted... Um, Last year, early, uh, I think he really had something to prove, and and he was determined probably from the time he left St. Louis last year until he got back to this championship game to make sure that that the legacy of talent and and excellence at Minot State um, was was seen again, and uh, winning the third national championship is a big deal. So uh, I think the game was was about what you would expect. I didn't think anybody expected a high scoring game. I don't know if we expected one nothing. It was whoever but, I think it was whoever blinked first. I mean the shots on both teams did pretty strong defensively because the shots on goal weren't I mean we I said kind of teased before we went to the break. It was kind of like the opposite of some of these games the days before because you had a like a like the Minot State pounding 60 something shots on on Liberty and then you know Adrian having a lot of shots in their games, but it was only 19 to 15 the final shot count after the after the three periods in favor of Adrian. So they actually got more shots, 19 to 15. But we saw that we saw these teams get that in a period in, in some of these games. So it just shows you how both teams were not giving much of an inch, and uh, maybe it kind of felt maybe one or two goals was all this was going to really be to decide this one. And so that made it a good game in that regard because of that. Uh, because you're like, who's going to blink first? And, you know, Minot State did get that one goal late in the second period. Uh, Peterson did. And and that was – maybe it felt like that was kind of all it was going to be needed because Minot State, as we knew, was – as they saw in the, in the game before that, did not give Liberty much. They didn't certainly let Adrian get much. They still did get 19 attempts in there but uh, on the shot count. But, yeah, it was just – it was a, a good game, but it was like complete opposite of what we saw – in some of these other games in the tournament, which which can be good. And you talked about earlier about finding different ways to win. Well, this was a different way uh, to win for sure for both for uh, Minot State because of that. And for Adrian, they scored all those goals, and then they they come up dry in the championship game. So it's just kind of it's just kind of well, how it goes sometimes. I, I think what it was, Stephen, to me was that both coaches looked at the film and they said, "Hey, 
we, we can't get into a shootout with these guys. So we've got to play a defensive style and pick our uh, opportunities to score. And I, like you said, it, it was going to be who blinked first. And, um, you know, it, it, it came down to that. I mean, with that number of the few number of uh, scoring chances and shots on goal, you knew it was going to be something freaky that, uh, that kind of got this, not to say that the goal that was scored by Peterson was freaky, but, um, you know, you knew it was going to be a one, nothing two one, something like that. Maybe an overtime. I was thinking the whole time it's going to be a scoreless overtime game until, um, that goal was scored. And then I thought, okay, it's going to be one, one, it's going to be a one, one overtime, but it's, we're headed to overtime. And Cause you, nope. you probably think Adrian's going to find one to find yes. a way to get one in. Exactly. That's Just what the way I thought. things have been going the whole time for them. Exactly. That's what I thought. So, Again, congratulations to uh, the Minot State Beavers and uh, taking home their third national championship at the ACHA level. A couple things we got to get in. You you brought some news to well, attention. Before one other tournament note about this, the the uh, MVP was announced too, and that was that was given to. Uh, let me find it here. I I had it up. But uh, Davis uh, Sheldon from My- Minot State was named the uh, the M one Joe Batista MVP for the twenty twenty three. And if you look up his stats during the tournament, he had uh, this is his this was his third ACHA season with Minot State this year. Uh, he had four games he played in the tournament. He had two goals, two assists for four points. Uh, he had one game winning goal during the during the tournament. So uh, he was he was given the MVP honors for the uh, ACHA tournament, and of course, the uh, winner hoists the Murdoch Cup, which has a lot of significance, named after uh, Alan Murdoch, who is one of the founding members of the ACHA. And, of course, he attends it every year and and uh, gives it to the winning team. So uh, they get that distinct question. I tweeted out at the end, I said, and I with a screenshot of the of them hoisting it, thinking about, you know, when, when the ACHA season starts, every team in the ACHA, that's what their goal is, to be the last team standing in the Nationals hoisting that that cup, just like it is in other levels with the NHL, that you're the last team standing hoisting a cup. In this case, it's the Murdoch Cup for the M1 champs in uh, in uh, in Minot State. So, wanted to mention that. And yes, I, I do. I know you're going with this, so I'll just go ahead and get right into it. Uh, there, we already have our first coaching change. Uh, not not that somebody was let go, but just because somebody took in a new position. And this is, affects a WCHL team because uh, this affects uh, Jeremy Law, who had been the head coach at Missouri State University. Well, he's got a new job now. He is taking the job at Drury uh, Hockey. And so Drury Hockey is proud to announce the signing of Jeremy Law as his newest head coach for the uh, Panthers ice hockey team. Of course, he comes after six seasons from Missouri State University, where he led them to four ACHA uh, national tournaments, uh, was was named the Western Collegiate Hockey League's Coach of the Year for the 21-22 season, and had a 109-84-18 record during the uh, during the post record, including the postseason. And so he moves there. Uh, of course, he's a graduate of Concordia College, played four seasons there before spending a season playing professionally in the EHL and the SPHL. So I, I don't know much about Drury hockey, but uh, we'll find out. We'll dig but, into that before next week. Maybe we'll get Jeremy on to talk about it. But that, uh, so that that's is, that's that's good news for him. I guess bad news for Missouri State. I don't know if Cliff Cook's going to get a look at the uh, the opportunity to be the head coach there, but he certainly um, would be talented and and ready for that. Uh, I know him and Jeremy are close, so who knows? Maybe he's going to Jeremy's new staff. Uh, anything could happen, but we wish Jeremy the best of luck. The other news I got to sneak in real quickly before we end the show tonight. Uh, we had Coach Greg Powers on from Arizona State University last night, and he told us, broke news for us, that he is being inducted into the ACHA Coaches Hall of Fame um, this April down in Naples, Florida, after the uh, NCAA tournament is over with. So uh, congratulations to Coach Powers on um, giving an incredible honor uh, being inducted into the ACHA uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. Well, it looks like that uh, Drury Hockey is in Springfield, Missouri, so he's not leaving the state of Missouri. And it he's looks like it's town. <laughs> yeah, not leaving town. And it looks like it's an ACHA Division Two program. Uh, so I, it looks like it's 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 a, it's a Division Two program. It looks like ACHA. So, but okay. uh, yeah, so yeah, and congrats to Greg Powers. That that was great to hear that about uh, him being in the ACHA, going into the ACHA Hall of Fame. That. 
Uh, that certainly is well deserved because he, of- he, he broke all kinds of news for us because he also said <laughs> and confirmed that October 7th, they will in fact be playing an exhibition game against the University of Arizona and it's already sold out at Mullet Arena. So uh, that will be a big one. Uh, and we know again. how many seats Mullet Arena holds. So <laughs> Yeah, 5,000. Um, <laughs> for ACHA uh, and NCAA rivalries, we already talked about Minot State playing Denver and Colorado College. There will be more. I guarantee you there will be more. Um, okay, we're out of time, so take it away, my friend. And, and we should mention, too, the ACHA season is now over, but we will have more to talk about in the coming weeks because the uh, the World Cup of College Hockey is, uh, or whatever that's called, that's going to be coming up in, in April, and some of, like Gary Astalis and others, will be heading there to coach that, and we'll have some UNLV players, some Liberty players will be participating in that, so we'll we'll talk about that, too, in the lead-up to that, and, and maybe afterwards done where so we've still got some hockey to talk about in april acha uh themed stuff so it's, yeah, i already i already gave gary the warning that i'd be looking for him before he leaves for <laughs> romania so he he's full forewarned and we're, and we're gonna try to get our budget up so we can send you there to romania on location no i'm not going i'm not going to romania <laughs> paul i'm gonna, have, gonna, go I'm gonna be knee deep in the, the the playoffs the nhl playoffs so i can't go i won't be available <laughs> nhl or ahl my friend well i don't know that depends on that depends on Henderson. Have, if, if I just stick to my both. Vegas teams, Henderson probably probably aren't going to get in. But if, if if I go do the other teams, then, we, then yes. We've but, got but, we've got. 10 but hopefully teams the Golden the Knights. AHL, so hopefully the Golden Knights will make a deep run too, and I'll have to be here to focus on that. So, all right, take it away. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. The University of Oklahoma, Celebrating 20 years of Sooner Hockey, the action you crave only faster. For ticket information and more, go to ouhockey.net. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas and 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Be a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs. This is barbecue, Las Vegas style. San Diego State University, 200 undergraduate programs and the top college hockey in California at sdsuhockey.com and sdsu.edu. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at liberty.edu. Central Oklahoma University, championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. See if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you at uco.edu or ucohockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Also available for download at anywhere you get your uh, podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, all those uh, podcast platforms. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. We will say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Until everybody tuned in again next week. And, of course, uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday this week, it's all NCAA uh, tournament action. There's so. no action going on in the NCAA this weekend. No, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Regionals start tomorrow. I know uh, regional regionals for basketball start here at T-Mobile this weekend too. But no, I know you'll be glued to the hockey. Smashable. That's basketball. Yeah, you're talking. <laughs> you're talking hockey anyway. Which is, Absolutely. <laughs> all right. We'll say good night. Good night, everybody. 2026. Frozen Four will be here. <laughs> there you go. Good stuff.